0: Hi there, this is Dan Jones again with another quiet talk from my desk, from my study. As you have noticed, you can't see me. This is not a video. This is just an audio recording, kind of a podcast, I guess, although I don't really have a formal uh, fancy uh, podcast uh, platform yet. Uh, I may do that if this works out, if you like it, and I really, really uh would like you to give me some feedback. If you're listening to this, uh, please let me know what you think. And if you say, "Oh, Dan, we just miss seeing your beautiful face, your nice black shirt, and your tab collar," <laughs> and uh, but if you uh, like just the audio format, let me know that as well. Uh, sometimes when it's just audio, that's why I like. Even when I was a kid, I like listening to the radio, not just music, but to people talking and so forth, and preachers yes because when you're just listening uh, you can really think about the content and i want you to think about the content of what uh, i'm saying so let me know please uh, how you feel about the fact that this is this week is just audio and uh, i appreciate your your response well i want to talk to you today about a beautiful story a story that i love in the bible that is from the gospel of luke it is about a woman now uh, you should know that in the ancient world, especially in the East, uh, in the uh, areas of the Bible, what we call the Holy Land, uh, in ancient times, uh, the place of women was not, well, uh, their place was not that high in society. And um, for example, in uh, the Middle East, In the time of Jesus, a woman could not uh, testify in court unless her testimony was backed up by some men. Women were just considered unreliable. And um, Jesus Christ changed all of that. I don't think it's by accident that the first person who witnessed the risen Christ and the resurrection is what the christianity is based on if jesus didn't rise from the dead then there's no point in any of this we should close the churches and uh, forget about it the resurrection of jesus christ is what is the bedrock of our faith as christians the first witness to the resurrection to that most important event in christian history was a woman and I don't think that was a by accident. I almost think that God was trying to tell people of that time, hey, you need to change your attitudes. And if you notice, uh, and there were other women as well, the women who went to the tomb to prepare his body for permanent uh, interment. When they found that he was not there and they saw a vision of angels, they came back to the other disciples and it said, and Luke tells us this, that their words seemed as idle tales. They thought this is all nonsense. They didn't believe these women. But Luke, uh, among the uh, four gospel writers, probably gives the most prominent place to women in the ministry of Jesus. And, for example, it's Luke who tells us that the financial support for Jesus and his disciples and for their itinerant ministry came from some women There are other examples. Well, anyway, this story is about a woman. It is in Luke chapter 7. It begins in verse 36. And I'm not going to read the story to you, but I'm going to tell it to you. And uh, one day, uh, one of the Pharisees, a very religious man, uh, asked Jesus to come to a party at his house to eat with him. And uh, so he went there and he went into the to eat. And the Bible tells us that a woman. Uh, came in to their gathering, a woman. She was obviously not invited to be there, but she just came in. And it says, a woman of the city who was a sinner. That is a euphemism for she was a prostitute. Everybody knew she was a prostitute. Everybody that saw her recognized her as the town prostitute. But it says, when she learned that Jesus was sitting at, at the table in this Pharisee's home, it said she came there and it says she brought an alabaster flask of ointment. Standing behind him at his feet, it says that as she wept tears, she poured this ointment on Jesus' feet. And then it says she wiped his feet with her hair, and she kissed his feet, anointed him with this precious, expensive ointment. Now, this Pharisee, uh, I imagine in the first place, he didn't appreciate this woman crashing his his, uh, banquet, but it says that he said to himself, That if this man, Jesus, if this man was a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this is, and he wouldn't want her to touch him. She's a sinner. But then Jesus answered his thoughts. I love the way Jesus did that. He answered this man's thoughts. And he said, Simon, he calls him by name. Now, it's interesting that the woman's name is never given. I'm not sure why that is. It still might have something to do with uh, the uh, contemporary attitudes toward women in general. Or it might be that Luke was, was just being discreet after all this woman was had been a prostitute. I'm sure after this experience and encounter with Jesus, she no longer lived that life. But perhaps because of her past, he just discreetly left her name out of it. And you could understand that. But anyway, Jesus calls this Pharisee by name, Simon. He says, I got something I want to say to you. And he said, what is it, teacher? Jesus was recognized as a teacher, a rabbi. And Jesus said there was a creditor who had two people who owed him money. One owed him 500 denarii. Now, a denarius was a day's wage. So of the average worker. So 500 would be, um, what, about a year and a half. Just think about what you make in a year if you're still working, and uh, multiply that times uh, 1.5, and uh, that's how much this uh, guy owed the creditor. He said the other person only owed him 50 denarii. That would be about, well, 50 days' wages. It says, when they could not pay the debt, they didn't have the money. Either one of them had the money. This guy just forgave them both. Now he said, which do you think, Simon, of these two debtors are going to love this fellow more? And he gave the obvious answer. Well, he said, I suppose the one that, to whom he forgave more, the one that owed him 500 denarii probably, was a lot more grateful and loved him a lot more than the one that only owed him 50. Jesus said, good answer. You're correct, sir. You have judged rightly. And then it says he turned to the woman and said to Simon the Pharisee, looking at the woman, he said this. He said, do you see this woman? What a question that is. That is so full of, so pregnant with meaning. We could talk about, do you really see this woman? Do you see her as she is? Then he says, I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. That was a standard custom in that day. When you came into somebody's house, they would wash your feet. Now, that seems strange to us, but that's what they did. It was just common courtesy. If you were wealthy and had servants, a servant would do it. If you didn't, you would do it. But he said, you gave me no water for my feet, but this woman has wet my feet with her tears. She has wiped them with her hair. Then he says, you did not kiss me as customary, just like today we shake hands or maybe we don't shake hands anymore, I don't know about that, but that has been our custom and their custom, it would it was customary to greet somebody you would kiss them once on each cheek. He said, you didn't kiss me, you didn't greet me in the normal way, Simon. But this woman has not stopped kissing my feet. He said, you did not anoint my head with oil, which was another common courtesy. Seems strange to us, but that was common for them. But he said, this woman has anointed my feet with precious, fragrant ointment, perfume. Therefore, and here it is, Jesus said, therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, he did not minimize her sin. He said, her sins are many, but they are forgiven. For she loved much, she has had much of much sin in her life has been forgiven a lot of sin and so she has a lot of love but the person who is forgiven little loves little the implication there is obvious this Pharisee didn't feel like he had much that needed forgiving he was a self-righteous person so he had very little love for Jesus and then he said to this woman your sins are forgiven your sins are forgiven. Of course, this shocked everybody. They said to themselves, who is this guy who thinks he can forgive people's sins? And he said to this woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace. Now let's talk for a minute about this woman who was a prostitute. I don't have to tell you that little girls do not aspire to grow up to be prostitutes. Women become prostitutes because of unfortunate life circumstances, for the most part. I would say that's true. In Jesus' day, when a woman was a widow, if she didn't have any money and she didn't have a close relative to help her, there was not much she she could do. There were no uh, social programs to take care of people like this. There was no uh, aid to families with dependent children or any anything like that. And very often, circumstances like this would force uh, women. They either could choose between prostitution and starvation. And so, life circumstances. And this doesn't excuse being a prostitute. Jesus said her sins were many. But it just gives us some perspective So what moved this woman to take the risk of publicly displaying her love for Jesus Christ like this? Why would she do this? Nobody had ever looked at this woman like Jesus looked at her. You can imagine, as we notice from reading the story, it was... Commonly known that this woman was a prostitute. The minute she walked in, I'm sure people were sort of shocked. And they said, how dare this wicked lady come into this godly uh, banquet? She was. It was known by everybody what her life was, who she was, what she had done. And so imagine the way, especially the way men would look at her. This Pharisee looked at her with self-righteousness now I have an idea that in 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 Jesus' day some men who in public in daylight would look upon a prostitute with sort of ha huh, a filthy sinner might be some of those same men might be her clients after dark but of course she's never going to say that it's bad for business and uh, you know professional discretion would prevent her from saying hey you know you're self-righteous but You know, you're one of my clients. She would never say that. But men looked at her uh, as a prostitute. The way they looked at her revealed what they thought about her. But Jesus Christ did not look at her in that way. He looked at her with compassion, with mercy. He didn't look at her with one tiny shred of lust, of condemnation. Remember what John says in chapter 3 God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus didn't look at her with condemnation, he looked at her with mercy, with understanding, and with love. Nobody had ever looked at her like that. How does Jesus look at you? How do you look at yourself? Do you look at yourself with condemnation? Do you feel guilt about the failures of your life, the sins of your life? I urge you to take them to Jesus. Don't worry about what other people think about you. Don't worry about the attitude of the self-righteous, those who think they're morally superior to you. Forget about those people. Go straight to Jesus as this woman did. He will look at you with compassion, with forgiveness, with understanding. God didn't send his son to us to condemn us, but to save us. He said to this woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amen. Father, I pray that perhaps someone listening to this message today needs to know that Jesus Christ loves them With an everlasting love, that he looks at them not with self righteousness, not with condemnation, but he looks at them with compassion, with mercy, and with tenderness as he looked upon this woman in this story in Luke chapter 7. Speak to our hearts today. Help us to experience the love of Christ, we pray. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Now, again, I would ask you to please give me feedback on this uh, audio only, uh, quiet talk. And. uh, I can be reached. Some of you in my parish know how to get a hold of me, but uh, anybody who hears this can reach me by email, Father.Dan Jones at Outlook.com. F A T H E R dot D A N J O N E S. Father.Dan Jones at Outlook.com. Again, I'm the rector of St. Michael's Church in Colony, New York. God bless you.